Well, hello, it's the Women's Football Podcast. I'm not Shauna David, and this is our weekly look at the women's game from the Champions League to the National League. I'm Luke Edwards, and coming up, Mida Marcel Fanais Vivian breaks the WSL scoring record. City not feeling so majestic as Reading earn a point, and Manchester United march on once again. Joining me this week to review the action, we have got Emily Lyles. Hi, Emily. Hi, you, Luke. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, first time in the hot seat doing this, so yeah, looking forward to it. And making her debut, we have got Hannah Mendelssohn. Hiya, Hannah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm pleased to join. Also joining us as well. We, we had to keep the Welsh theme going somehow with Sean Ed not being here. So we've got Liv Griffiths with us. Hiya, Liv. Prinhound Dalu, how are we? What have you just said to me? You're not insulting me, are you? Nah, it's good afternoon in Welsh. Sean Ed will have known that. Yeah, she would have. But you are stuck with me, as I say, and let's get straight stuck into the action. So no game for Chelsea this weekend. They were supposed to play Aston Villa, but of course, positive COVID, COVID tests put paid to that. We've need, There's only one place, though, we need to start, and that is with Arsenal. And once again, a goals galore for the Gunners. In the North London derby, again, they've humiliated Spurs, and she's done it. Vivian Miedemar, she got a hat-trick, which means she has now become the leading scorer in the WSL. She scored 52 goals in 50 appearances. She's overtaken former Manchester City winger Nikita Paris in the all-time standings. And girls, I'll open the floor to you and you can shower Vivian with plaudits. What an absolutely phenomenal player, a phenomenal athlete. And it it's funny, really, because she's the kind of player that I think is a little bit underappreciated generally because she is so prolific. Her record is phenomenal. I think most, most forwards are one in two. I think she's better than one in one. So she's just an absolutely remarkable player. Um, again, perhaps someone that doesn't always get the recognition that she deserves, but I know everybody at Arsenal has full respect for her. And I guess anyone that follows the game regularly would also realise that what a phenomenal achievement that is. Yeah, I mean, I, there's nothing really you can say because it's just so impressive. She's only been with the club since 2017 as well. So she's done this really quickly. Um it's just like, I think you're completely right. People kind of like sometimes forget how incredible she is. And then she does something like this and to beat the record with a hat trick. I mean, like what better style? Like doesn't get better than that, really. Yeah, I've got to agree with you both girls. Um, it was going to take someone very special to beat Nikita's record. And I think we have found a superstar in Miedemar. Um, she is just prolific, like we've said, not just for Arsenal, but for her country. Um, and you can really see the way that Arsenal gel and play together, how influential she is to them. Uh, for Caitlin Ford to give that selfless pass to her to set up a hat-trick just shows the importance of having her kind of sort of lead lead the way with the goals. It was just incredible to watch. And um, the only way is up, surely. I think now that she's sort of reached this landmark, she's going to be thinking about more trophies that she can win with Arsenal, more records that she can beat. So um, another humiliating defeat for Spurs in the space of a month by Arsenal, but it was just a masterclass again. Yeah, and the big thing with Miedemar as well is that she's not that old, so who knows how many goals she can actually go on and get. Yeah, I think she's 24, so... 
she's got like years left in her. Yeah, I mean Emily, how how many can can she can she go and get a hundred goals in the WSL? I mean, certainly if she stays at Arsenal for two three mil, two or three more years, who would bet against her? Hundred percent, Luke. And I think also it's interesting to think. Well, you don't want to sort of wish her life away, and and we really like having in the WSL. It'll be interesting to see where her career does go. Whether she does think eventually, okay, I've broken all these records. I've broken these goal scoring records in the WSL. Do I want to try something else? Do I want to go somewhere else? I mean, I don't know if anyone else has got a view on that and where she might go. Everyone's stunned into silence. <laughs> With the... <laughs> I would agree with you. I think the next couple of years is quite pivotal in her career because, like we've said, she is very young, but all young players are going to peak and she's going to be thinking, when I hit that peak moment in my career, where do I want to be? Do I want to be a Champions League winner? Do I want to be winning an American league? Do I want to be winning an Australian league? You know, she literally has the world at her feet now. Um, I think she can stay at Arsenal for a few more years. Uh, they were dominant again today. We've seen, you know, top of the table again. They're going to challenge to win the Women's Super League, but there needs to be more trophies than that. Like Joe's team needs to start having this mentality to go all the way. And so does Vivian in a way, because it's very impressive, all of these goals that she scored, but you want to be remembered for Patrick she was scoring in cup final games against Man City not five goals against Bristol City. No, no disrespect to Bristol. So I think she's going to be thinking, okay, I've hit 50. Where do I go from here? But that place at the moment is with the Gunners. Poor old, poor old Bristol City getting uh, picked on there. <laughs> I'm not happy with Bristol, so... <laughs> uh, you can tell us why later on. Um, yeah. As, as we mentioned, Arsenal 5-0 up at half-time against Spurs today. Eventually finished... 6-1 and they are two points clear of Everton although they have a goal difference of plus 25 so we'll call it three points now and uh, they're just scoring goals and goals and goals and goals and goals aren't they? Yeah I think it'll be interesting to see as they kind of come up against some of the teams that are a bit closer to them I mean they were always going to win today so it's just a matter of seeing how they do when they kind of like come up against some of those teams that are closer to them at the top of the league and whether or not they can because they've been struggling to kind of perform like that against the top clubs so it'll be interesting to see as the season develops I think yeah we'll have to have a wait for that because it is international week coming up next weekend so we'll wait to see what happens there with Arsenal of course Miedemar will be going off to play for the Dutch national team Uh, for Spurs though I mean we talked about them last week didn't we Emily Really disappointing for them. They'll be expected to do a lot better than they are doing. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that, Luke. I think most people probably expected them to do a little bit better as well. And I guess for various reasons at this moment, they're just not firing. And I think the issue with the WSL in terms of the structure of the league is you have to try and get a little bit of momentum. I mean, I'm not for one minute saying that you need to be bang on form at this particular point, but... You know, there's various breaks throughout the season. There aren't realistically that many games in 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 order to claw to claw your form back. So yeah, it, it is worrying for them. And it at this point, I guess it's hard to see them making ground. Certainly on, I was going to say sort of the top three, top four, but probably even beyond that at this moment in time as well. Ladies, in terms of Alex Morgan, she was a, another missing in action again today. She wasn't even on the bench now. 
if rumours are to believe, she's only at the club until January. So time is running out for her to actually make an appearance. I mean, what do you make of it all? Is, surely it's not going to turn out to be an absolute flap, is she? That's a very <laughs> Liv's interesting face, one. <laughs> Liv, for, for, the, for anyone listening, by the way, who can't see us on the screen, Liv raised her eyes to the heavens and looked backwards at that. What is that just, word? Look, I'm just going to say... The whole Alex Morgan saga for me is becoming very distracting for Tottenham. And, you know, I don't want to put the blame on what's going on behind the scenes for their performance. But being in that 11 must be so difficult when everyone just wants to talk about Alex Morgan. And when is she going to play? Because they've got this idea in their head, very similar to the Spurs team with Bale, that this one person is going to make all of the difference and it's going to blow all the issues away. Whereas today we were looking at, for me, defensive errors. Alex Morgan's not going to be saving these defensive errors. So, you know, I know time is ticking on, but even if we get to a point where she's only going to play three, four games and then goes back in January, Tottenham are still going to need to look at the bigger picture here. They can't just be relying on Alex Morgan to be coming into this centrepiece and believing that they're going to pick up these wins. No, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a difficult one for Spurs. Only one point so far from their five games. In second place, as I mentioned, are Everton. And they dropped their first points of the season against Brighton at the weekend. And a bit like the men's team, really, they were going great guns. And they were ahead twice. Izzy Christensen scored as well as Valerie Govan. But Brighton did fight back. And that's a good point. For Brighton, especially after last week, they got absolutely smacked, didn't they? So to go behind twice at Willie Kirk's Everton and to get a draw is is a big thumbs up to Hope Powell's side. Yeah, it certainly <laughs> is. A, it, yeah, it certainly is. And I think Brighton do seem to be one of those resilient sides where they might have a setback, but the next game, you know, they're going to come back, they're going to be on it, and and more more often than not, get a positive result. Of course, they drew against City earlier on in the season, and, and they've drawn at Everton today. So, you know, if you look at, at their results and I guess the games that they've had in those opening five games, their returns pretty impressive, really. Yeah, I think Everton were always going to expect a setback, weren't they? Um, we, we talked about it last week. Could they keep up the momentum? Is Liv this the first sign of him showing a few cracks, or is it just you, you pass it off as well? We've had a good start to season, it's drop points, we'll go again. I mean, we say it's drop points, but it's not a loss, is it? You know, they're, they're five games in and they've yet to lose a game. So for me, it the only way is still up for them. Um, you could put it down to a bad day in the office and maybe a some questionable re- like refereeing. I, I think Willie Kirk was a bit annoyed that Brighton's forward was not um, sent off, for instance. But it's what Emily, Emily was saying about Brighton. They're such a resilient team. They're kind of one of those that we like to think that teams don't go into that mindset of we're playing this team today. We know we can get the win. I think Brighton are that team where you have to push yourself extra hard to get the results because they've got Hope Powell as their coach who, you know, is no stranger to grinding out wins and has been in the game for so long that she can sort of coach her teams into playing the way she wants them to come across the Arsenals, the Everton's, the whoever they're going to play. So I would be happy with the point. It's very frustrating to lose points when you are ahead of the game. But, you know, with this international break now, Everton can just keep that momentum going, hopefully, and go back to winning three points just like they have been doing. 
Yeah, Hannah, a bizarre incident in that game as well. Referee Lucy Oliver made a bit of a cock-up, it seemed, as she basically gave Kaylee Green two yellow cards. She appeared to be cautioned twice, but wasn't sent off. And, and Willie Kirk did say it shouldn't happen. Um, Hope Powell said that she felt she was a bit fortunate as well. But in terms of, of Brighton, um, Wiley, Hope Powell, I mean, they're just chipping away, aren't they? They're in eights on five points and... Um, They'll be fine. They won't go down. They probably won't challenge the top three, but equally they'll be safely mid-table with Hope Powell at the helm. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's good to see a team like Brighton, who is in eighth at the moment, drawing against Everton, who are top of the league. You know, we want these matches to be tighter. On the one hand, it's great Mm. to have an Arsenal match where they're, like, scoring six goals, but you actually don't want that, really, for all the matches. And so I think Mm. it's not a bad thing that, Everton are kind of like a bit challenged. It gives them stuff to work on as well when they come back from the international break. And for Brighton, that's a really positive performance, I think. Yeah, because last week it was looking like the top teams were just going to basically run all over the teams who were below about seventh, weren't they? And uh, it wasn't it wasn't looking good for Super League in terms of that, was it? You, you don't need to be a turn-off, do you? But, so it's good to see teams like West Ham running Man United close, Brighton getting a point at Everton. We'll talk about Reading as well shortly. Uh, it's been a good week in that sense, hasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, the Man United-West um, Ham game was a really, like, at the end, things really picked up and it was looking like anything could have happened in that last 10 minutes. Um, it really felt like it could go either way in terms of West Ham could have, like, come back from that 3-1 three, three, that it was at half-time. Um, and that just makes it really exciting to watch. Um and also, I think it's, yeah, it's just like fun when things like that are happening. And Kristen Press came off the bench to score her first goal. It was just the teams were kind of like challenging each other. And I think that's always a positive step for the league. Yeah, beautifully segged into, into the West Ham Man United game. Man United are in, in third. And as you say, Tobin Heath and Kristen Press, the, the superstars, we talked about Alex Morgan being a superstar. She hasn't got on the pitch yet. Those two, Heath and Press, did get on the pitch. And boy, did they contribute today. Heath and Press both scoring, as well as two goals for Alicia Russo. And uh, Man United are looking really, really strong this year, aren't they? They are indeed, Luke. And I think, obviously, you've mentioned, you know, the two the two goal scorers, the two US internationals there. But if you look at players like Alessia Russo, Ella Toon, they deserve a lot of credit as well because they're still pretty young. They've obviously come through the the England um, development teams. They've worked their way up, um, and and they're just sort of a real real shining light, really, in that Man United team. And someone like Alessia Russo, who of course went over to America, went to college over there, got some really really good experience, has suffered with injuries. She's gone to Man United, which whether you're playing for the Man United men's team or the Man United women's team, it comes with its own scrutiny and levels of pressure. And she's just adapted to it absolutely brilliantly. And they look fantastic. They've got a fantastic manager in Casey Stoney, who I was going to say she's an up-and-coming manager, but I think she's a lot more than that now. Highly respected in the game. And yeah, it's been an absolutely fantastic start to the season for them. And it'll be interesting to see, I guess, where they finish up. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about it briefly last week, Liv, Hannah. Do you think Man United can upset the apple cart this year? And, and I mean, you'd expect maybe Everton to drop out and Chelsea to go in there. We'll, we'll talk about Manchester City in a minute. They're not going quite as well this year. So can Man United nick that third place? 
yeah, I see no reason why Man United can't challenge, you know, even go in for the top, to be honest with you, because, you know, what Emily's just said now, Casey Stoney has just done a fantastic job in the, what what is she, in her third season there? I mean, the team didn't even exist a few years ago and now they're playing in the Women's Super League. Um, and I just want to touch on Tobin Heath and Press coming into the game. See, this is where United have recruited well because they've they've looked at the issues that they were having in their team and they've gone, how can I find someone to influence a game with these other incredible players that my United have? You know, and that's where I feel Spurs are going wrong a little bit with having so much pressure on Alex Morgan coming into the game. Whereas Man United were already quite solid. They've got yeah. leadership. They've got their bench, for instance, is filled with superstars. You've got Lucy Staniforth having to come off the bench to play, like not even starting in the 11. And for me, I just think, you know, with City not firing, and I know Chelsea have had a break this week, but they're not banging in the goals five, six, seven nils against these smaller teams like Arsenal are. So I could see United upset in the top three this season, definitely. Yeah, and United have invested heavily, haven't they? And, and Liv's, Liv's almost saying that Tottenham have had a scattergun approach to recruitment. Like you say, United have really gone out and, and bought well and a real strong side. So I'll be interested to see how they do. In terms of the neighbours, Manchester City, well, we, we mentioned last week that Andrew mentioned that it wasn't quite a disaster, even though they suffered the first defeat last week. They've actually played a game more now than Chelsea, two points behind them. They're seven points off top after only drawing one apiece with Reading today. I mean, what result that is for Reading, but Manchester City will be less scratching their heads a little bit, won't they? Yeah, I think they've, they're going to have a lot of work to do um, to kind of get to a point where they would be where they'd want to be um, coming back off the international break. Um, and I think they just didn't in the first half, they just kind of like weren't really gelling. And then today there was just nothing. They had a lot of attempts on goal um, and but there was just like not much behind them. They were kind of lacking a bit of power and all credit to Reading's defence and um, their goalkeeper Maloney did a great job as well. But they just kind of just didn't quite have it today, Manchester City. Yeah, and I had to come from behind early on as well. Emily Eklund headed in after just three minutes and then Sam Mewis, their big American signing, got them level as well. And uh, yeah, it's... What do you make of Manchester City this year? I mean, I know they've got a new manager in charge. Maybe it's taking some time for Gary Taylor to get his his ideas across. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's a big factor, especially when they've had Nick Cushing at the helm for so long before that. A lot of those players are used to him, used to his ways of working and playing a certain way. So I think, yes, there is certainly an adapting period there. But then you watch some of the individual performances from some of the City players. Take someone like Chloe Kelly... And certainly in the games I've seen, and I stand correct because I certainly didn't see the game today, so I certainly can't comment on that, but she's been brilliant in all the games and just been really, really unfortunate. So it's almost like they just need, they need to gel. But as we've said mm. with, with other teams, it in this league, unfortunately, you don't really have that long to do that if you are going to challenge at the right end of the table. Do you think they're overplaying it a little bit in terms of in terms of the football they play? Because I know Gareth Taylor was in charge of the the sort of the youth set up for the men's side on Manchester City. And I watched them on a few occasions last season in the FA Youth Cup and it was all about pass, pass, pass. And sometimes it was almost like they get into the area and then pass it again. And 
they overplayed in a way. So there was teams who could have steamrolled and only won by a goal to nil and they're holding on. And do you think maybe that's been instilled into the women and maybe they're just a bit overplaying in that sense? There were definitely some moments in today's matches where you thought that Chloe Kelly could have taken a shot on goal and then she passed it to someone else um, and it didn't get converted. But I don't know. It's hard to tell, isn't it? I think they're definitely going through a transition period. And I think this is probably the season where they're going to have to maybe think about their priorities a little bit. I mean, at the moment, it's kind of they're in between this transition of Cushing's tactics and Taylor's. And there's a lot more playing the ball from the back. And then automatically your defence is sitting a lot more deeper than it used to be. Um, But I can't really say that Man City were the top team today. Um, I'm a little bit biased towards Reading because they have some great last players, I must say. (laughs) Um, And they were just just fantastic today, you know. Natasha Hardin put her body on the line to stop a goal line clearance. And Hannah touched on it. Uh, Grace Maloney was... She is having a very good start to this season. Um, I was reading up about her earlier on, actually. I was quite shocked that she actually plays. She's got a couple of caps for Republic of Ireland, but she is actually English. And I'd be very surprised if the FA were not keeping tabs on her to try and switch alliances, because I could see her just behind Ellie Roebuck at the moment. I think the last few weeks on their own, she's saved penalties. She's definitely kept them in the game today. Um, so, yeah, it was it was... I think it was a fair point, but Man City, I can't see them coming back and winning this season, no. Well, you mentioned about all the Welsh players for Reading. Of course, Manchester City have a Welsh manager, so there you go. Uh, ah, maybe uh, that's where it's going wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think, finally then, before we move on, do you think Man City's priorities are maybe Champions League already? Do you have to maybe concentrate on that? I mean, yeah. You've got, you've got to go for it. Probably the American players like Lavelle and Merritt are going to want a good crack at the Champions League while they're over here. Um, so it's got to be a priority because, you know, like we've said, there are only 12 teams in this league and we're already five games in and they're seven points off. It's going to be very hard for them to catch up now. Yeah, and the final game in the WSL today saw Birmingham City claim back-to-back wins away at Bristol City. It was four goals to nil, four different scorers, which I do love. I love a bit of symmetry on there. Corsi Green, Walker and Murray all scoring. And uh, Liv, I'll give the floor to you because, well, Bristol City are annoying you. They're just so frustrating because they played really well against Arsenal um, when, they, when they lost to them 3-1. I, I thought they played, I was thinking, OK, here we go now. Try and build from this, build that confidence up, stop kind of giving away four, five, six goals in a game and just try and try and try. And they lose 4-0 at home today, you know? They were so lucky last season that it was Liverpool that went down instead of them. And I thought maybe they're going to think we've really got to go for it next season, like cement the place that we're meant to be in the Women's Super League. But... It's just not working for them at the moment. And I, I don't really know why. Um, well, I mean, there are reasons why, because these other teams are coming up. They just want it a bit more. And I, I don't know if anyone agrees with me at the moment. If Bristol are just, they're just my annoying little team at the moment. If I'm ever feeling down, Liv, I'm not going to come to you because you'll just boot me in the head and make me feel worse. 
at least you'll be knocked out and then you can stop thinking about it for a while. <laughs> I mean, Hannah, what does it look in the last cause for Bristol City already? They've, they've obviously got a game in hand uh, on West Ham uh, and Spurs above them. I mean, yeah, the goal dif- difference is not looking positive for them. I think, you know, if they could get a few points, it's still all to play for, not all to play for, but there's still hope at the bottom of the league. I think there are four teams down there and two ha- two mm. on no points and two on one. So there's still like still time, but they're going to need to like come back strong in the next games and try and get some draws. Yeah, Emily, as, as tight as it is at the top, it's tight at the bottom as well. I mean, as we've seen with, with Birmingham, two wins and all of a sudden the two points behind Man City in fifth. It's absolutely insane, Luke. And I think quite rightly, we've touched on Bristol City um, because of the form that they're in. But what a fantastic result for Birmingham. I think many people's favourites for relegation at the start of the season started off a little bit shaky, but back-to-back wins. And as you say, it, it can make such a big difference. And actually, a number of people that that in my neck of the woods obviously follow Birmingham closely and are, and are really across what they're doing and they said you know what they look really really good at the moment and I'm really really pleased for Carla Ward because obviously she went there in the summer big job um, difficult job of course in the WSL given the money that and the resources that clubs that you know most clubs in that division have and yeah it's all of a sudden looking really really good for Birmingham and it just shows and I guess ironically does give a lot of confidence to the likes of Bristol to the likes of Villa that a couple of results can change your your course for the season. Absolutely. Well, we are going to look at the FA's Women Championship next. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. A quick reply affects your concentration and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. In the Women's Championship, Durham are still at it. They are still top. They won again by two goals to one at London Bees. A really hard-fought win against the side at the bottom. Beth Heppel didn't quite score, I don't think, according to the Durham Twitter a corner swung in and the ball somehow ended up in the in the net. They didn't know who got a touch on it. It may well got a touch off somebody else on the way in, but she was certainly involved and they had to come from behind in the end to win that game. Sharp scored the winner and that hard fought win. And sometimes they're the best ones, aren't they? You know, you're playing a team at the bottom, everybody would be expected Durham to have won that. So to go there and, and, and battle it out shows a different side to them. Yeah, definitely, Luke. And I don't think you can underestimate the, the journey time as well for Durham. That, that Well, I know that they're, they're kind of used to that, really, given where they are geographically. But yeah, I mean, fantastic result for them. Everything seems to be falling into place. They seem to, to be able to mix it up. They can turn on the style. But like today, when they need to grind it out, they can do that as well. So, you know, I imagine Lee Sanders has got a really, really happy camp up there at this moment in time. Yeah, Sheffield United, they had a bit of a a stumble. I mean, they're still unbeaten in the division. They're one of three sides, along with Durham and Leicester City. Uh, they only drew nil-nil at home to Lewis, and Lewis are a bit of a... Well, the fifth at the minute, they're kind of... They snuck under the radar. We've not really talked about them this season, have we, at all? Um, but that's a really good point 
four, Lewis, and, and the level on points with Liverpool. It's kind of similar to Everton, isn't it? You know, you drop two points, but you still you're still getting a point. Um, they'll still be happy that they're unbeaten and to come across a team that probably didn't make it easy for them today. Yeah, and again, if you actually look at the points, you know, it's very close. Lewis are on 10 now, Durham are on 14. Anything could happen for these teams at the top of the league as going forward. So it's exciting to watch. Leicester, they kept up the pressure, as I said. They are level on points with Sheffield United. They're only behind on goal difference. Still a point ahead of Liverpool. They're in third place, Leicester. And they had a convincing 4-1 win away at Crystal Palace. And they're really going for it this season. Uh, and I suppose, Emily, it's between, I suppose it's between Sheffield United and Leicester. One of them is going to miss out, aren't they? Again, I mean, Sheffield United, everyone felt should have gone up last year and didn't do. Um, it's probably between them and Leicester for one of the spots. And you think maybe Liverpool as well, although we talked about Durham last week. Do we discount them? It's really difficult, isn't it? I mean, once again, it's a really competitive division. As you say, Sheffield United, Durham have all been there or thereabouts, have got very, very good squads of players. Leicester, as you say, look pretty imperious at the moment. They're putting a lot behind it, again, resource-wise as well. So I just think it's really, really tough to call. And I think the prize is so great, isn't it, as well? That's the thing. If you get promoted to the WSL... It's just such a, a fantastic opportunity to develop your club. And and as you say, you certainly can't count Liverpool out, although it's quite incredible to think that out of those teams that we've been talking about, they're the ones that have lost a game. But ultimately, I guess, you know, there's that, that adapting period for them. It's just, yeah, it's just a fascinating division. And you, and you look at the table and it's, it's, it's really difficult to call. Really, really difficult. For me, the three teams in it, I mean, obviously the results matter, but the funding matters as well. Leicester have gone through a branding chain, brought Heskey in, so they brought someone really prolific into their coaching staff as well. Liverpool, European champions men's team, you know, like they don't want the women's team to be sat in the championship. So I think it's a two-legged race between them, even though there are good other good teams like Sheffield United and Durham making a push too. Yeah, I think that Leicester seem like the team that really want it. Um out of all of them. Liverpool, I'm sceptical of because you can't have a team top of the Premier League and have your women's team relegated and then suddenly be like, oh no, it looks bad. Like they should have acted sooner. So I'll like, but I think that Leicester are kind of like looking really keen. So we'll see. Yeah, we spoke about London City Lionesses last week. They currently sit second bottom of the championship and Lisa Fallon stepped down on the 9th of October for family reasons after five games. Well, her assistant... Melissa Phillips has been announced as their new head coach. She said she was incredibly humbled by the opportunity and they didn't get a win today, but they gave it a very good go. They lost by one goal to nil in the end at Blackburn. Ladies who are in a pretty solid mid-table position in, in seventh place, they're neither sort of here nor there this season. Coventry United are above them on goal difference in sixth. We spoke to Jay Bradford last week and she was a bit sort of, she felt the season had been a bit unlucky for them so far, but fantastic win, Emily, for them away at Charlton today. Yeah, and I I was really, really pleased to see that because, as you say, having spoken to her, I, I certainly got the impression that 
she was disappointed that their performances hadn't got those rewards. But to come from behind away at Charlton today is brilliant. And again, if you look at Coventry, what that win has done for their place in the table, they're now up to sixth. It just shows, doesn't it, what what three points can do can do for a team. So we're going to look next at the National League results. Making small changes to your lifestyle could improve your chances of staying healthier longer. Start now by taking our free How Are You quiz. Just search One You. And in the National League, Andrew's not here to go through it this week, so I'll do it for you. And basically, the top four in the Northern Premier Division at the start of the day all played each other. So leaders Nottingham Forest, they suffered their first defeat of the season. They were beaten 2-1 at Huddersfield, courtesy of Katie Mallin's 84th minute winner. Forest do stay on top on goal difference, though, because Derby, who began the day in second, they crashed 4-1 at home to AFC Fylde. Faye McCoy scored twice for Fylde, who are now in second position. The thrill of the day came at Stoke. They beat Middlesbrough 4-3, thanks to Lizzie Steele's last-minute goal. It was even time for Burra to almost make it 4-4 in stoppage time. Elsewhere, Sunderland have had a couple of tricky games recently. They had to come from behind to beat Sheffield 2-1. And Loughborough Foxes are still without a win after losing 3-1 to Burnley. In the south, Oxford United remain top after beating Cardiff City 4-1. Anna McKenzie, Georgia Brown, Emily Allen and Molly Peters scored for the U's. Watford were held to a 1-1 draw at home by Yeovil United. Katie O'Leary's penalty for Watson, Wat, Watford even <laughs> cancelled out by Jenna, Gemma Markham. MK Dons were the big winners as they thrashed Plymouth 8 nearly four goals in each half. The Pilgrims have yet to pick up a point. Hounslow have yet to even score a goal, though, in their six matches after a 3-0 loss at Portsmouth, for whom Becky Bath scored twice. And finally, Gillingham, they beat Canesham 2-1. Neither Crawley Wasp nor Chichester and Celsi were in league action. So we'll cast our BDI over that over the next couple of weeks. And they'll take centre stage as well, the National League next week, because it is International Week and England travel to Germany which will be a really interesting trip for them. Uh, what are your thoughts? What's your thoughts on that? I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, England, like Germany, a fierce competition for England. And it'll be interesting. Hopefully we'll get to see some of the kind of like younger players in the squad getting some time on the pitch. Um, so it could be really exciting. Yeah, this is yeah. our first competitive game, isn't it, Emily, since uh, lockdown? So, so it's been nearly what, eight, nine, ten months since you've had a game? Yeah, it's been a really, really long time. And I think certainly the squad and Phil Neville will be chomping at the bit to get to get some action in. I know they've had a lot of internal games, inter-squad games um, in recent months. And I believe they've got another one this week ahead of the Germany game on the 27th. But yeah, it's really, really exciting. As Hannah said, to see some of these young players get a chance, the likes of Millie Turner, Esme Morgan, Neve Charles, Ella Toon, all performing really, really well for their clubs. And you almost get this sense at the moment that while it would probably be a bit strong to say a change into the guard, you are seeing a new generation come through, which is only going to benefit the team moving forwards. Yeah, and Lucy Bronze is back in the in the England setup as well. She was, I saw her this week on Instagram, she was delighted to be back in so that's a big plus for Phil Neville as well yeah of course she's a very experienced player and um, I think some of the youngsters will be looking at her for her leadership and her inspiration as to what they could become in the next few years Um, yeah it's going to be interesting to watch Uh, Phil's only got a limited amount of time now so I'm sure he's going to want to go out with a bang and show his capabilities and his coaching skills and what he has 
left the Lionesses. Like, well, look at Wales now. Then um, I know England men's and senior women's players are played the same, aren't they? But at the minute, Wales and and the Wales boss Jane Ludlow has come out and said she'd like to see her players earn equal pay with the men's team. With for playing for Wales, uh, Wales face Faroe Islands and Norway later this month. She's named a 26 player squad for those qualifiers, but she says she finds it strange that equal pay is still a topic of debate. Um, obviously, being a, a proud Welsh native, live uh, what, what's your thoughts on this? Because I know we've heard. Uh, when we talked to Sean about Swansea v Cardiff, they like the Welsh sort of leagues to be amateur still. So it's a case of if you're picking some players from there and you've got some players from the WSL, there's that disparity as well. So equally, there's, there's also um, a shout for saying that some of the top players getting paid maybe more than some at the bottom. And it's all a bit, it seems a bit of a mess. Yeah, and I think it's probably going to come down to the way that the Welsh national team handle their finances. Um, I think if you're playing for your country, you have every right as that person playing next to you in the team to be to be behaved the same. You know, it's it's this ongoing issue, and it, and we're we're not just seeing it in Wales. We've we've seen it with the um, the USA women's team. Um, it's very public and out there that they're not paid the same as the men. Um, and just from a Welsh perspective, watching the men's, like the Wales men's play is just abysmal <laughs> sometimes. So I, I totally understand why they're champion, championing for it. Um, you know, we've got to be thankful for the way that women's football in the last five years has come. Um, it, it's not a race. It's not a sprint. You know, it's it's going to take time, but eventually we will get there, I think. So how, how do you think those games against the Faroe Islands and Norway will go then? <laughs> she I shrugged mean, for the tape, she shrugged. A Faroe, <laughs> Islands, Faroe Islands is, you know, probably the same as the men's team, you know, like filled with part-timers. So I can imagine they're going to come out quite strong. Um, I touched on it earlier that Reading seems to be Wales FC to me. So... They're a very professional bunch of girls. So I, I think they'll do very well. You know, the last couple of years, they've stepped up their game. They've been unlucky not to qualify for some of the championships they've been in. But um, yeah, I think getting away now is probably a good time for them. And uh, hopefully they can take away a few results because when you this is the thing when you start producing the results then you can start talking about the pay then you can start talking about the sponsorship you know give them a cause and give them a reason to give it to you 100% by the way Faroe are top of their nation nations league group so they're not that ah, uh, 2020 is such a strange year isn't it it is although to be fair they have got Andorra and Latvia or Liechtenstein I think in their group so there we go anyway <laughs> I digress um that is it. Thank you very much for listening. We've got a couple of special podcasts coming up, so stay tuned for that. And you can find out more about those on our social media channels. If you follow us on Twitter, it's at TWFP1. And on Instagram, it's the Women's Football Podcast. Uh, Hannah, Emily, Liv, many thanks for joining myself this weekend to look back at the action. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Hashtag bring back Sean Ed. <laughs>
Hashtag, <laughs> you stuck with me for another week, I think. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you all very soon and look after yourselves.